Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Empires of the Future. Glad to have you all with us as we begin our next phase in our podcast. Not really a phase so much, just uh, moving on. We have spent the past, what, six podcasts talking about uh, the, the book, Strange New World. We would encourage you to go check that out. Um, but we are done with that and now moving on to other things. And um, we've got something interesting on the, on the docket for today. And something that I would wager a lot of you listening have not heard of. Um, and that is something called Splunkna. I'm going to spell that for you. It is S-P-L-A-N-K-A. Splunkna. Or uh, Splunkna therapy sometimes it's it's been called. Uh, that is on the docket for today. And so um, we kind of were talking about what, what we could do next. How we could move forward with the podcast. And... We've kind of had varying ideas of what we want our podcast to look like, what we want it to be, um, and we like to take different articles, things that are written, whether in newspapers, in um, online periodicals, things like that, even just things we, we find on, on Facebook or, or on other podcasts. But um, today we're kind of taking something that came to my attention, um, man, several months ago, a year or so maybe ago. Um, and I had never heard of it before and decided to look into it and found that I'm interested uh, to know more about this and maybe slightly concerned about what this is. Um, so, uh, but let me start with this. Jackson, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing very well. Yeah? Yeah. I am. Yeah, I, like your goatee. I like your goatee. Well, thank you. Yeah. Now I'm, all I'm the people are wondering. They can't see it. Uh, but all you got to <laughs> do is find me in Evansville, Indiana, and you can see it. That's right. It. For reference, it looks like a goatee. <laughs> if you've <laughs> seen true. a goatee before, he's nailing it <laughs> right now. I like it. Now, <laughs> Megan didn't used to like for you to um, have facial hair. Yeah, this one, uh, somehow this has escaped and, and so far is making it, you know, but who knows? Yeah, we'll see how long it lasts, right? <laughs> yeah. For for my wife, it's always fine until uh, the mustache hairs get so long uh, that when she kisses me, they go up her nose. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. That then she's like, problem. all right. Right, because right. you are basically clean-shaven right now. But you, week by week, you never know what you're going to do. And yeah. so right right now, you have, uh, well, people of my age would call it the Jack Bauer look. Uh, mm. Keeper Sutherland in 24 had the uh, stubble. Uh, so you have stubble. Yeah, the stubble's fun. It's like it's like sandpaper, though. I mean, like mm-hmm. I go to kiss my kids, and they come out with a big rash on their face. <laughs> oh, man, sorry about that, guys. Uh, but anyway... It's good to be here with Jackson and to be talking about this issue. Um, so to kind of get us started, I, I want to talk a little bit just about how I first heard the word Splunkna. Right, because you uh, said it to me three weeks ago, and I said, what's that? Yeah. And then you said Splunkna, and I said, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> and then I spelled it, and you were like, okay, what's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so Splunkna has kind of come onto my radar um, because I a, a friend of my wife's... Um, mentioned it and kind of came to my attention. It is a, a form of what they call Christian doing quotes. You can't see it. Quote unquote, um, biblically, um, oriented therapy. Um, now we're going to talk more about whether or not we would think that's a good definition or not, but it's a form of quote unquote Christian therapy to produce and bring about healing um, and the healing that Splunkna claims it can bring about, Splunkna therapy, um, ranges from childhood trauma to even certain like digestional issues and things like that. Really, a, a wide ranging variety of of healing that is claimed to be brought about by the use of this form of of therapy. And um, what essentially the idea behind Splunkna is. Um, and, and you can go to their website. We're going to be referencing a few things here um, with regards to Splunkna. Uh, but here's a part of why we wanted to do the podcast. I want to say this. The reason why we kind of wanted to do this podcast was because there actually is not that much information out there about this. So we, we were able to find, they have a website, uh, Splunkna.com, uh, which is kind of the website for it, for this protocol uh, so to speak. It was created as originated by this lady named Sarah Thiessen. And other than their website, a handful of other little 
places and one article on gotquestions.org, there's really hardly anything out there about Splunkna, whether pro or against. Um, and so we wanted to kind of make this, taking what we have, what kind of Splunkna itself claims about itself, um, looking at it truly, um, examining it and trying to understand, okay, what is this? Is this good? Is it right? Um, what should we as Christians think about this? Right. She outlines, uh, Sarah Thiessen, what, what it's intended to do, its foundation in these things, in her book, Splunkna, The Redemption of Energy Healing for mm -hmm. the Kingdom of God. Uh, and that's that came out in 2017. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think this is something that if you are in sort of Christian circles, in Christian orbits at all, you'll hear about sooner or later. And uh, this is definitely the kind of thing that you would hear a bunch of stories about. And um, there's a bunch of things about that 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 make a good reason for us to speak to it because uh, whenever you hear stories of people who were uh, who benefited from a certain practice, uh, in my experience, people are not very careful with how they're sharing the stories, uh, with how much kind of healing was done and how much time, and then what the practice is, what its roots are in. And so really what we want to do today is just clarify, one, what they're sharing on their own website. Yeah. The, the, uh, as far as what the roots of this practice are. And then, okay, so uh, if that's what they're, they're saying, uh, where this comes from and what it's supposed to do, so what are we supposed to think about that? Mm -hmm. Yep. So uh, what, what they claim to do, and this is directly from their website. I'm going to read a couple quotes from their website. Um, Splunkna works to bring together the physical, emotional, and spiritual aspects of an issue all at once. This whole person, quote-unquote, approach can often facilitate facilitate change at a deeper level than more traditional methods. When body, soul, and spirit work together, the potential for change is maximized, end quote. Uh, another quote from their website, Splunkna harnesses remarkable mechanisms created by God in the mind-body connection. We provide a highly effective procedure for quickly relieving a wide range of emotional symptoms. So this is what Splunkna is claiming to do, and this is what they're claiming to do from their own website. This isn't us, I don't know, caricaturing or, or anything, right. what they claim. Um, they claim to be finding a way to sort of um, take the mechanisms that they say God has built into the way he created us, that he created us body, mind, uh, and soul, and taking those things and using other mechanisms that we find useful um, in order to maximize the healing that he wants for us and yep. has made available for us. Um, and, and most of this kind of being emotional healing largely. Um, and the, the reason they can, they can claim to be uh, a biblically based sort of therapy, I think is because they do add things in like prayer. So they, mm -hmm. they claim to rely on prayer as a healing mechanism. And as, as we were kind of looking at, okay, what does this process of Splunkna look like? They do incorporate prayer into the process. Mm -hmm. So there is a, a process by which you um, you identify what you think to be the issue, and they have a process for doing that that's just kind of, um, I don't know, strange, <laughs> I would say. But um, you can look up online and, and find videos of how this process is carried out. But there's a way of them um, almost putting the, the person that's being worked with, the um, um, client, I suppose, um, in a state where you can more easily come to understand whatever the sort of emotional trauma or issue is and kind of get to the heart of it. Um, and then you pray and ask the Lord to heal this thing. But then in order to maximize the healing, in order to really make it happen, make it effective, you use other methods, other means, uh, such as rapid eye movement, such as um, acupuncture points and putting pressure in certain areas of your body in order to release this trauma, in order to release these issues, these emotions, and bring about healing. Now, what what I would propose, and, and, and I think Jackson would agree with me, is that adding prayer into a process um, and even seeking to give God ultimate credit at the end of a process does not mean 
that that process that you're engaging in is wholly right and good. Would you agree with that? Yes. Um, now, here's what's interesting. So if you were to go to the website, you start at the top, and the, the sentences you just read are pretty much in order what is kind of first proposed. And depending on how you define what was just said, I can go, okay. I mean, I don't know what you mean by the potential for change is maximized, but I'm listening. <laughs> uh, and then some of these uh, statements about the mind-body connection. Yes, we believe that we are a psychosomatic union, that our mind and our body are connected, that we are sort of kind of hybrid beings, that part of us is flesh, part of us is spirit, intimately connected in ways that we can't exactly explain, that, that sort of uh, we don't have all the answers to. Um, and, and you can tell that we're getting somewhere, uh, that we're getting to a point of movement, uh, a point of uh, action when the next sentence says, we're, we're, we're going to provide a highly effective procedure for quickly relieving a wide range of emotional symptoms. And it's like, all right, well, go ahead. And that's when you get into testimonials on this website. And here is yep. one. Uh, this person basically says this. And, uh, when I was five, it fell off a bunk bed. And I've been afraid of heights ever since. And I'm, it's, it's because I fell off that bunk bed when I was a kid. Um, talking about a fear of heights doesn't help. Talk therapy hasn't helped me. Uh, but then Sarah Thiessen has, uh, talks about, okay, but where in your body are you holding the frequency of that fear? Now, <laughs> when you combine, for me, frequency with fear... Uh, this is one of the telltale signs that, oh, uh, we, we're jumping to a whole different kind of thing um, because uh, there's no reason to believe that A, frequencies, uh, that fears have a frequency, that B, if they did, we know how to determine them, and then C, that we would know how to change that frequency if we could determine it. Yep. Um, this is, I mean, the frequency of fear is tipping you off to pseudoscience. I mean, this yep. is, this is um, wouldn't it be nice if just the same way, you know, your radio is not quite tuned in the right frequency that you can just turn that dial and tune that frequency so you receive your favorite radio station? Wouldn't it be nice if you could just turn your fear like a frequency and then remove that? Well, let me show you how I can do that. If I, I, I have enough experience with, uh, with, with this kind of fear that it's often... Uh, kind of sorted here around your kidneys. So I'm, while you are praying about that, I'm going to kind of rub in, uh, around the area of your kidneys and then you're going to ask to re be released of that. Okay, none of these things. Uh, we just have no idea, no leaning, no inclination that this is how this works at all. But this is the proposal. Now, these sorts of things are the proposal because um, what I would encourage anyone to do who, who, who begins to, to sense okay, we are moving into this sort of pseudoscience territory. Um, what has helped me in things like this is when somebody's talking really fast and there's a lot of emotions and they're kind of explaining their own experience, um, it actually helps me to sit down. Uh, for me, I just use a word file and I just type out the words that are being said. And then I sit there and look at the words because the words that, have, that follow that come out of, uh, of Miss Thiessen's mouth are, uh, she talks about, uh, the acupuncture points, the, how this is tied in, about where the, where the emotional frequency is held. Uh, and she talks about how once that emotional frequency is let loose, it's permanently missing. And things that, these, all of these phrases, when you see them on paper, you go, now, where are you getting this? Exactly. Uh, because... This is not, you know, uh, what she's relying on um, is sort of mystifying things like, well, the word splunkna itself, that's a Greek word that mm -hmm. refers to uh, the lower part of your abdomen, your mm -hmm. bowels or your intestines. I mean, that's, that's where the Greek root of that is. And we're mystified. I mean, like, look, we don't know all the languages. So you hear something like that and you go, oh, yeah, that's a different word. I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. Okay, well. It means your intestines. It means <laughs> you know, bowels. Yeah, that's that you know, and and then you know, interesting. Have I, you ever felt something in your intestines? Yeah, I mean, you have. Mm -hmm. uh, there's different times where you might have a stomachache, and that bothers you. Yeah, there was one time I ate a big meatball marinara sub and then ran on the greenway for six miles, uh -huh. and you better believe 
Mas Blancna was talking to me. Well, and and yeah. that's literally. I mean, like, look, if you were even today, if you were go to to go to Greece and talk to people about Splankna, they'd kind of go, okay. You have intestines? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, so it's, it, it sounds mystical to us. It yeah. sounds a little bit mystifying because we don't use that word. Yeah. But it's not a mystical word, even to people who are alive today, speaking Greek. Uh, so that's where it starts uh, as far as uh, sort of the, the reliance on kind of a little bit of confusion. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's exactly right. So one of the things that's, that's noted on the website, and this is directly from the website, um, and I think this poses a serious problem when we, right away, when we begin to consider Splankna and its usefulness to the Christian. Uh, here, this is under the heading of how was Splankna developed. The answer is this: Splankna work utilizes tools from the field of energy psychology. Okay, note note that little little word there. Those words. Energy psychology uses the acupuncture system in the body to relieve trauma emotions at the frequency level. Okay. I mean, like, you've heard all of that just now, and how many of those words do you have, like, a firm understanding of what they mean? Probably not many of them. Um, And if you do, it's probably not because you read them in Scripture. Let me say that. Okay, getting back to the uh, kind of how it was developed here. Historically, this is one of the biggest problems I find. Historically... It says on the website, these kinds of tools have been developed from a new age perspective, but the Splunkna Institute is passionate about honoring the Lord's intention in this level of his creation. Okay, so what they've just said on their own website is that these are tools, these are processes that have been developed from a new age perspective. In other words, these are new age practices that we are taking, and as the title of the book suggests, redeeming them for the kingdom of God. The title of the, of the book, Splunkna, is the redemption, the code, or the subtitle, the redemption of energy healing for the kingdom of God. And so what, what you kind of see is, number one, they admit outright this has been developed from New Ageism, which is false religion. Um, and as you begin to hear all of these words that we've outlined, frequency of fear acupuncture, energy healing, all of these words that for, for most of us have been completely foreign in our Christian vocabulary, um, you begin to research these words. If you, if you go and research, just Google energy healing, um, what are you going to find? Well, you're going to be taken to a lot of Eastern uh, religious kind of practices and, and uh, mysticism and, and New Age websites and things like that. Uh, if you look at things like frequency of fear or um, these kinds of things, you're going to go to all kinds of different websites of Eastern religions and, and Buddhism and Hinduism and New Ageism. And they admit outright, uh, again, on the website, that what they are essentially doing in this process of energy healing is using uh, meridians in the body or what they also call bio-meridians. Well, I have no idea what bio-meridians are. I couldn't even find hardly anything about that outside of their website Mm. and they didn't define it. They don't define any of these terms really on their website, Mm. which is unfortunate. Um, But what are meridians? Well, you might not be familiar, but meridians are the supposed uh, flow of energy within the body that acupuncturists and and Eastern, um, what do you, Eastern healing practices utilize uh, in order to redirect and adjust and open up flows of energy through the body. Let me just go ahead and say, this is not a biblical concept. The Bible, not only does science itself not recognize any validity, any evidence for the existence of meridians, which it doesn't, um, but not only that, the Bible itself never offers for us any sort of treatment of this topic or understanding of this as as a true and right reality. And certainly it never encourages Christians to engage in these kind of things. So the, so the problem here is, and one of the biggest problems with Splunkna is that it's essentially, and, and the more you understand these words and look into them and try and seek to understand them, what you're, you're turned to left and right is other religions. All of these, all of this even language that they're using comes from other religions. And they're not even really that shy about it on their website. But the claim is, 
oh yes, these other religions have tapped into something that God has created within humans and they have found a way to utilize it. We are saying, let's take what they have found and what they are doing and what they are utilizing and let's redeem it and let's use it, uh, but let's use it, you know, in a way that we find to be in line with, with scripture. Well, that doesn't work that way. You can't take aspects of other religions and, and other false practices and just slap Christian labels on it and then say, boom, there you go. It's good now. Right. And, and I mean, I think an easy summary of what we're saying is imagine uh, you went to your doctor and you'd had uh, pain in, uh, say, all the knuckles of both of your hands. And your doctor said, all right, there's two things I prescribe. We're going to um, we're going to investigate that the source of this uh, might be uh, related to arthritis. And then we're going to we're going to investigate uh if, if some kind of medication uh, might help you there. And also I want you to glue your, all your fingers together. Uh, and I want you to just keep that on there for a week. Um, what we're saying is, uh, look, here's the deal. I want you to find the source of the problem, but if there's no reason to glue your fingers together for the next week, then don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not, there's not worth the trouble. I mean, for instance, one of the, one of the phrases that, uh, Sarah Thiessen says is that after you've investigated these uh, these acupuncture points and after there's been uh, focus on them and some prayer that that you sh- you should uh, say that on behalf of my spirit and my soul I break agreement in the name of Jesus with this fear. Mm-hmm. Look, you don't you don't have to do that. Like there's no there's no hint in in, in the Bible or in any Christian practice that that you have to somehow without you saying I break agreement with this fear there's no magic words like that. Right. And this would create in you some sense that, oh, wow, what if, what if God is the kind of father who, until I say the exact right phrase, he's just looking at me going, I'm not helping you until you say the, ex- and by the way, I haven't told you what that phrase might be. So you're like locked in a dungeon. And until you can say exactly the thing that I haven't told you to say, you need to figure this out, then I'm going to let you out of there. Yeah. That's not, God is a good father. Right. You have kids. I have kids. I do not treat my kids in such a way where I go, I'm not telling you how to please me, boy. Yeah. Work it out. Figure out. There's 20 things you could say, and I've never told you them before, but you better figure out what they are. Otherwise, I'm not helping you. That's a horrible way to treat your children. Yeah. And no good father would do that. And God Almighty doesn't behave in this way, that, that he, would, he would treat his children in such a way as to say, I'm not, I'm not helping you until, you until you work out just the right wording. Um, and, and that's the problem, uh, in my mind with, with this issue, there, there is no reason for it. And it gives this, um, it gives this sense that what you need to do is sort out this very confusing notion of how to be free of, uh, of say emotional issues. Now, um, are there emotional issues? Let's say, is there something like a post-traumatic stress disorder, people who have, yeah. Uh, who have been in war and and seen friends killed in front of them? Oh yes, yeah, uh, yes. And then, do we want people to, as soon as possible, receive healing from that and to be able to live productive lives? Of course we yes. do. But you have to say two things about it. One, we have to use the means that we are given, mm-hmm. and then two. We know that this world is broken and that our ultimate longing as Christians is for the coming of Jesus and new kingdom, that many of us, we will die before that. And our hope is the resurrection of the body, that, that in this new age is when real, real healing will come. And I don't want to discourage anybody. Look, you want to seek the healing that you can find, but don't torment yourself by seeking healing in ways that is not fruitful and that there's no evidence will be fruit. That's just a, a way of toying with your hope that will be very discouraging yeah. to you. That's the real problem here. Yeah. I think it's a way of toying with your hope. Um, but I also think that, a, that, that this kind of practice could also be a doorway into toying with something even much oh, worse. Sure. Sure. Um, because the, all of this is so mixed with, with mysticism and new age practices, um, which, which we know in many cases are involved in even demonic activity. Um, and guess what? There are, we might not, not, might not, excuse me, 
we might not like to think that this is the case, but there are demonic forces right. at play in the world, and there are all kinds of counterfeit yes. healing and things that can yeah. come through evil forces. Um, that's that's a fact. Therefore, it does not stand to reason that because I have experienced some sort of physical or earthly benefit from this thing, that therefore it is good for me. Um, I would encourage you, go and do some some research on what the New Age movement is and, and find out for yourself all of the, man, just wild and evil things that can come from it. But also the, the testimony, you will find all kinds of testimonies from New Age people of how they've experienced healing, uh, healing from trauma, healing from various things, this and that. Um, but what you will also see is that the means they've obtained this healing are, in many cases, very ominous and, right. and, and dubious. And so if you're not familiar with uh, New Age practices, this could be everything from crystals and a reliance yeah. on some sort of uh, hard-to-understand power associated with a crystal to the edges of kind of witchcraft and earth mm -hmm. religions. Um, we are now, uh, a lot of people are seeing right now uh, a return of paganism in a lot of different forms that, of reliance on nature religions, on different means of gaining power and control over your life. Um, I would encourage anyone hearing this, ask yourself, uh, have you thought about uh, how far you'd be willing to go? To gain power and control over your life because I would I would advise anyone hearing uh, it's not worth it if you are seeking something that would use you that would destroy you yeah. uh, because God Almighty has no intention of doing that he offers healing free uh, of charge and not not costing you anything and it is very dangerous where we live in this mindset of well uh, if I can gain short-term control over some issue then I'll sacrifice this or that and my own mental health or I'll sacrifice some uh, something important to me I, I I have to feel more in control of my situation that's just a dangerous road to go down yeah it is if you guys uh, if you listening are interested to learn a little bit more about what the new age movement is. There are various places that I would send you, but I think one place that if you want to see what kind of stuff comes out of the new age, um, there is a podcast called cultish. I think it's, it's put out by Apologia studios. They've got a, an episode it's kind of one of their earlier, they've got multiple episodes involving the new age, but one of the first ones they did, it was a two part episode, um, about the new age. And it's an interview with a guy named Steven Bankarst, who used to be like all in on the new age. Uh, but the Lord saved him out of that, uh, and now he is actively teaching against New Age practices, New Age philosophy, New Age um, religion. Um, that is a really good podcast. It's a two-parter, and like I would go ahead and warn you, like some of the things talked about on there are um, they're intense and they're scary, and they're scary because they are spiritual forces at play and that are involved in these kinds of New Age practices. Which is why when I hear someone say this is a practice that has been developed primarily in the new age movement. Mm -hmm. I say, then I don't want anything to do with it because I know what kind of evil lies there in that movement. And I don't want anything to do with that. Right. And so it makes me nervous. Yeah. The, the new age, we don't, we don't need to get too much into it here. I don't think we have the time to really, but uh, as Jackson said, it, it has all of these kinds of things that, it involves the pre like belief in the presence of spiritual energy in physical objects and in ourselves. Uh, it believes that mind, the mind, words, feelings all have power, and you can speak reality into existence and these kinds of things. And you see these concepts popping up in Splunkna therapy as well, uh, as you think about energy healing and the use of meridians and, and speaking these things uh, into existence. On the website um, for Splunkna.com, they had uh, a couple videos. One was testimonials, and Jackson's talked a little bit about those. Uh, another one was them talking about like what Splunkna is and, and things like that. And there was a couple quotes that just caught my attention on that video. One of the first quotes was from someone who had you know, benefited from Splunkna therapy. And this was the quote she said, It's super fast. I don't have to wait years for change. And that struck me uh, as, okay, this is a part of why this kind of therapy has such appeal. It's super fast. Yeah. Are you tired of waiting for healing to come? Well, we have the answer. Right. 
It's we, You can experience healing right now. No more waiting uh, for the Lord to heal you. No more waiting through traditional means. You can be healed right here, right now. If that doesn't sound like some sort of telemarketing uh, product right. being being pushed at you, well, it definitely should. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has anything like that. It should always cause you to, to wonder, okay, what, what's the catch? What's going on here? Because when I watch a, a, a video for, say, for example, Flex Tape or Flex Seal, and I see the guy on the boat, you know, well, he used that Flex Tape liquid stuff uh, to basically build a boat or repair a boat that had a giant hole in it. Well, man, it sounds great, but guess what? It's, it's probably too good to be true. If you go and, and try and cut a big hole in a boat and then speed down a lake uh, with only liquid flex seal on the bottom, eh, it's probably not going to work out that well. And, and, and we're right to be skeptical of those kinds mm-hmm. of things when we see them, those kinds of uh, miracle drugs, miracle remedies. We should always, when we hear... Uh, those kinds of things say, okay, what's going on here? Um, And the same is true of this. To to be told it's super fast. You don't have to wait any longer for change. Just go through this process, say these things, touch these points on your body while declaring these words, using your words uh, to bring about the, the, the action and affect the energy flow of your body, then you can be free of this stuff. Well, Man, that's not something that sounds very, very biblical or godly to me. And so uh, another quote on there, which, again, just gets at the sort of mysticism and, and what's going on here. The, uh, the, the founder, Sarah Thiessen, was in the video, and she said that after the therapy, now all the parts of me surrender to the spirit man's decision to choose life. And she just throws that statement out there with zero explanation as to what she means when she says the spirit man's decision to choose life. And to be frank with you, I'm not even positive what she's talking about. And the most generous take on that would be this old man, new man idea that you find in the new Testament, but it is, it is opposing, uh, the, the idea that the spirit man gives you the impression spirit is good, flesh is bad. Yes. Okay, that is, that is an ancient Greek idea uh, 2,000 years ago in, in ancient Greece, and it flowed into Rome because Rome is the uh, inheritor of Greek culture that spirit is good, flesh is bad and weak, and if we could only attain to spirithood, and w- which you should take in, in a lot of Greek thinking, that is that is mind. The mind is powerful. The mind has logic. Um, but this, we, we continue, since we're in Western culture, we continue to be inheritors of that, this idea that spirit is good, flesh is bad. Uh, but even to, to grant there this idea, well, what if that is about old man and new man? Look, there are no magic words for Christian sanctification where you go, if I can only negotiate and figure out the right words for my new man to then take the power from my old man, my inner old sinful man, then all of a sudden God goes, ha ha, you did it. Now you get life because you figured out the, the, the trick. You figured out the, the, the way, you know, I mean, th- this is sort of comparable to some sort of Buddhist yoga practices. If you hold yourself in the right form, then that's the, the bad energy will flow out and the good energy will flow in. You don't have to do that. You, right. you don't have to think that way. It makes it more complicated than what we are presented with in the New Testament, which is, look, Jesus has done the work. You go to him. Mm-hmm. And you go to him again when you're discouraged. Go to him again when you find more sin in yourself. Go to him again. This is not, it is not on you to sort out every single intricacy of, it is not on you to find every instance of sin in your life and to go, I haven't repented of that one yet. Therefore, I'm, I'm still beholden to that. No, look, if you've said yes to Jesus, he is responsible for the new life that is going to come in you. And yes, it is your job to day by day, Repent of that sin, renew your trust in him. But that's because we are prone to trusting in sin day by day. Yeah. So when you find that, you need to go, oh, no, wait, I, I got, I, I left that life behind. I remember what that is. So I want to, I want to go towards what is real life. Yep. Yeah. So here is, I kind of like jotted down, if I were to give a, a pitch for Splunkna therapy, my, this is my take this is not from their website. This is my take on essentially what their pitch is, even though they wouldn't say it this way. Uh, but the pitch is like, have you tried 
all that the Bible says and still aren't where you'd like to be, then you need to add these practices to speed up or activate God's healing process. As though what scripture has given us, which by the way, speaks nothing of meridians, speaks nothing of energy healing, speaks nothing of these practices that they are talking about. What the Bible has given us is is good, uh, but you can get better healing and faster and, and really get to it sooner if you also take these practices, which have originated in other religions, uh, and just add them onto what you already have in the scriptures, and this will produce the best form of healing for you. That is essentially their pitch. And I'll tell you what that sounds a lot like to me. It sounds like a, a, a Gnostic form of, of healing, like a, a Gnostic healing. And if you're unfamiliar with, with what Gnosticism is, again, it's an ancient heresy, an ancient false teaching that says there is a higher plane of understanding, of knowledge, of access that is available to us in our minds because they would hold to the same sort of dualism of the spirit is good, the uh, flesh is, is evil, uh, and there is a higher form that can be achieved, but you need to do certain things or know certain things or say certain things in order to achieve that level. You're not going to get there just from you know, practicing biblical practices, what the Bible says, you need to also add on these other things or do these other things or listen to this teaching and you will achieve a higher level of hidden knowledge. That's kind of the, where the word Gnosticism comes from is hidden knowledge, secret knowledge. And so to me, that's what this sounds like a lot. Like if, if you were just left, you know, to what the Bible has given you, what you have in Christ Jesus as he is revealed in his word, mm, that's good, but it could be better. Sure. It could be better. And, and we have found a way to make it better. And that way just happens to be using these means that other religions have originated and come up with and utilized and plugging them in. I think that's a dangerous game to play. That is right. a dangerous game. Right. And so if uh, some of you might have been making connections, like this sounds similar to some other things. It is uh, similar to Japanese Reiki, uh, also yes. uh, Chi. Uh, there, I mean, anybody who grew up uh, when I did, uh, which is in the context of um, fight movies, Jackie Chan, uh, even on down to uh, like Jean-Claude Van Damme, uh, Steven Seagal. I mean, there's the talk. Uh, the 70s was sort of the era of the large American fascination with this Eastern idea of chi, of energy, and what how is our energy flowing, led by... Uh, uh, Bruce Lee, actually, yeah. it would be the first big, uh, not, I think I mentioned Jackie Chan a minute ago, not Jackie Chan, <laughs> Bruce Lee. Um, and and this, these Eastern ideas really began to fascinate uh, and kind of return to a big interest in uh, American culture. And still, we live in sort of the legacy of that. Ideas are obviously flowing around the world uh, consistently right now, but sorting through them, uh, there are so many different names for these same ideas that sorting through them becomes challenging. Um, but it's all about this idea of a life force within us. And Splunkna specializes in sort of applying prayer to these ideas about the life force and then mm -hmm. saying, what if the work of the Holy Spirit is not being adequately applied uh, you don't have to do that. Yeah. Uh, what if the Holy Spirit knows a whole lot more about your body and your spirit than you do? Yeah. That is the hope that we have. Uh, you don't have to unlock anything. Yeah. This is not a video game. It's not, uh, it, it's not some sort of, um, you're not on a surgical table having to advise the Holy Spirit. Well, that right there is my appendix. So what you do is you get your knife and you need to remove that. That's just not, that's not what we're doing here. And so that, that's where, where we see the big problem with this. And, and you had uh, sent me sort of um, an assessment from this website, gotquestions.org, which if anyone wants to, to look more kind of at a good summary of this, I would advise you to go there. And, and what they say is, quote, the basic problem with Splunkna is that it takes the methods and doctrines of Eastern mysticism and tries to Christianize them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and uh, it's based in New Age spirituality. And they, they admit that. Um, yep. The, the only developers, they say, of, of this practice have come from a New Age perspective. Mm -hmm. um, well, I, I can at this point say, look, we are not claiming that here in the West we completely understand the human body and every element 
of how healing works, nor when God chooses to heal. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't have to claim that, nor are we claiming that. But we are, we are saying, I believe it's wise to investigate, to have empirical evidence for what things work, but even more than all of that, to look at what is warranted in the scripture and to go, well, spiritual practices are governed by God's word and are guided by the Holy Spirit. And so with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, you can read the scriptures and you can interpret the scriptures and you can know what you ought to do about matters of salvation, but also about matters of sanctification, how you ought to be healed, what, what means God is providing for that. You don't have to sort of like roam around going, I, who knows? How would I know what would be helpful to me? Well, you can know. That's, that's why you're given the scriptures and why the Holy Spirit guides you. Because he doesn't want you to be living in some sort of just confusion. And In fact, in fact the New Testament speaks to those who are blown and tossed by the wind. Mm-hmm. In, in the book of James, hey, you don't want to be blown and tossed by the wind, by every teaching. You want to know what you're about. So that you're not just walking around every day going, I have no idea what I should be doing. Yeah. We're not supposed to be like that. Yeah. You ought to know who Jesus is, what the mission of the church is, how to have healing, and you ought to be able to proclaim it. That is the very idea behind the good message, behind the gospel, that a king is coming and he's already told us what he's doing in this world. And we can know how to say to people, look, there's healing. You're trusting in your sins, and that's destruction. You're destroying yourself every day. Repent of your sins and trust in him. And there's new life. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's wanting to work in your life. There's no confusion about this. Yep. Uh, and, and there is so much confusion here. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly right. And, you know, there's one of the things that you were talking about there with the Holy Spirit. Um, it is also, I think, a very prideful thing to conclude or, or come to the idea that we can somehow control the flow of the Holy Spirit in right. our lives right. or the working of the Holy Spirit, that he, he needs us to do certain things or that we have the power to do or act in certain ways in order to allow him to move in a specific way and heal us. So it, I think it's a very arrogant posture to take that we have that kind of control over the Holy Spirit. Um, and praise God we don't. And praise God he doesn't need us to do that, exactly like you said. Um, for as we know, uh, apart from Jesus Christ, we are spiritually dead. The Holy Spirit not only has the uh, ability, but takes the liberty to come in and to renew us and restore us and bring us back to life. Uh, He does not need our permission or us to press certain places of our body and say certain words in order to make that happen. He does the work on his own accord, according to the will of God. And so, um, yeah, what what an arrogant approach to take that we can somehow control the, the flow of of the Holy Spirit, the working of the Holy Spirit in our bodies. Right. We are given such, uh, such important and powerful knowledge. I mean, the, the Gospel of John says that the Holy Spirit convicts the whole world in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. So what can you know? You can know that in the whole world is being given conviction in regard to sin, which I always think of this as down. We know what down is. We know what harm is. We know what destruction is. We know what disobedience is. The whole world. Okay righteousness. We know what up is. We know what help is. We know what good is. And judgment. We know that whatever we choose, one day you will answer for how you choose. And we know that from the scriptures. And so we are given access to knowledge well beyond. This actually decreases knowledge. This actually provides more confusion and less clarity. And that, uh, I can tell you something that I am for in my life because I have recognized I need more confusion and I need less. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Mission accomplished. (laughs) I need more clarity and less confusion. Yes. Um, And and that's that's what you're seeing here. Uh, And and I I look at this and I go, look, we want healing. This world is broken and we are so discouraged sometimes because you you see suffering and, and you are right to go, well, Lord, I want a better life than that for myself, for the people I care about. Yes, but the world is still broken, and it is no, it is no benefit to you to be told, hey, here's some healing over here, if it's not there. Right. It's just uh, lies aren't helpful in a short-term, middle-term, or long-term, mm-hmm. and so you, you can't be peddling them to people. So what is the truth? Well, look, we, are, we can have healing 
we, we can grow our spirits. There is such a thing as spiritual vitality. Well, great. How do you get it? It's not mystical. You can have this through the work of the Holy Spirit. And, and a part of this is a half truth in the sense that, right. in the sense that, look, if people are reaching out to God in prayer, I pray that God will work there, but you don't need these other practices that they're talking about here in Splunkna because the Holy Spirit works as you pray and say, God, I want to turn from my sins. I want to trust in you. I want to, I want to have your life in me, and I want to turn from the death that I have chosen in my sins. Um, we can trust in Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the suffering and the struggles that we experience can be redeemed, but this is all under this big umbrella of his sovereignty, of his oversight, that, that unfortunately we can't just say, well, obviously, nobody I know will have to suffer now. Mm-hmm. Look, there is still suffering in this world because it's broken. Mm-hmm. Death, there is still a reign of death because of the sin that is in the past, both through Adam and Eve, but even before that, through Satan. And this, all, this whole world is tied together in this big story, but that there is a bigger story that one day Jesus will come and the powers and the principalities and human beings will answer for what we've done. And that's the big story that we live in. Um, But we don't have to be mystified or confused about how to have life. I mean, Jesus, uh, he has come that we might have life and have it abundantly. And he has clearly shared with us the means by which we might have life. The New Testament is clear about what those means are. And and so it it goes on. I mean, uh, we have those means in discipleship. That, that we don't have to come up with this ourselves. You need to have someone who is more mature than you in in walking with Christ uh, so that you can achieve discipline. And you need to have fellowship with other believers. You need to be encouraged. You need to have people you can talk to to say, I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. You have to have that. Uh, you need to have growth in his word and in his work. You need to, you need to seek the mm-hmm. life that we are told to seek that is good for us. That's right. It's not, it's not confusing. And, and that's, that's the thing about this that... Um, that I really, really don't like. You know, for instance, if there is a union of, of our minds and our bodies, well, what kinds of means should we seek to have greater spiritual vitality? Well, honestly, they're pretty comparable to the means that you seek to have better physical vitality. Mm-hmm. Diet and exercise is a great place to start. Right. If you want to feel better, some of this stuff is just not confusing at all. There are physical ways to begin to feel better. Yeah. And those things, again, this is all not mystical. Right. Some of, some of what we experience on a day-to-day basis, if, if you ate something that, you, that didn't agree with your stomach, you're probably going to have a bad afternoon. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and this stuff is not, this is not mystical. This is just simple facts. And actually, spiritual things are comparable to these physical things precisely because God doesn't want us to be confused. Yeah. He doesn't want us to look around and go, oh, well, gosh, what if, what if it's all opposite? What if, what, if, what if there's no way to know? No, there, there is a way to know. In fact, we are given the scriptures for our sanctification, so we can know. And that's wonderful news. It, yeah. it, is, it is so helpful, and it's enough. Yeah, that's, that, that is exactly right. It is enough. And so when I think about you know, someone who I know, if they come to me and say, hey, I'm I'm doing this therapy called Splunkna therapy, or I'm considering it, or this or that. Um, and I was, I was going to try and counsel them in some way. I would encourage them in exactly what you just said. Rather than looking to these things in ourselves, outside scriptures, the the things that we can do. Let's look to the scripture. Yes, uh, you can experience a deeper, um, true spirituality in Christ Jesus. Yes, you can experience. Uh, to at least to an extent, depending on how you're defining it, you can experience inner healing and these kinds of things. But what are the means that God has given us for these things? Those are found only in Scripture. Things like reading of the Word of God, the preaching of the Word of God, prayer, uh, practicing of the ordinances of the church, the means of grace that God has given us, like spiritual disciplines. These are the things, these are the tools that God has given us and we ought to focus on those and work in them rather than going to things outside of Scripture and even right. originating in other religions to find that healing. No, 
let's focus first on what the Bible has given us, what God has given us in his word as the tools that we can use. Let's not try and create our own tools uh, or turn to tools that untrustworthy people have created. Uh, even if, even if it seems as though people are experiencing all kinds of benefits from these things, even if that is the case, man, I, I, I'm just telling you, like, uh, the devil is a very effective deceiver. He is, that's what he, his specialty is. And so don't think that you are unable to be deceived. Uh, you are, I am, you are Jackson. Right, right. Uh, each and every one of us is the, the means then to avoid deception is to stay solely focused on the word of God, uh, as our means for these things, um, not finding them elsewhere. And so that, that's kind of one of the dangers. So Ultimately, as we begin to wrap this up, what would you say, Jack Jackson? Splunkna, good thing or bust? Yeah, there's no life there. Yeah, uh, life is in Christ, and it's available to you. Mm -hmm. You don't need. There's no extra keys. There's no extra doors. There's there's no maze to get to it. Uh, it it's available. Life in Christ is available to you right now. I, I don't need you to go through other means to get there. That's exactly right. I would agree. I would say it is a bust. Um, in fact. Uh, I would say it seems to me that Splunkna uh, is probably more of a Trojan horse than anything in order to um, get these sort of ungodly practices and ideas and concepts into the church. And I think it's something that we should be very weary of and um, and avoid. And so that is our take on Splunkna. For those of you who had never heard of it before, well, you have now been introduced. Uh, you now know my and Jackson's opinion um, but certainly we would encourage you, man, go do your own research, try and find out, um, what this thing is and what the Bible says. And, uh, if you are in Christ Jesus, then we know that the Holy Spirit does dwell within you, not through some sort of, uh, meridian flow of energy, but rather he exists in you creating life, uh, molding you, enlightening your eyes and your hearts to understand, uh, what God has truly revealed to us in his word. And so go and read God's word and understand it by the power of the Holy Spirit. This has been Empires of the Future. And we will see you in the future.